Now, feel good people, welcome back. Mm-hmm. Today we've got a special guest, Mr. Aaron Marchuk at the mic. Hello, world. The long-awaited. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, it's sir. Been, it's been three years since I've been on. Three years been since you've been on the podcast? Years. I think so. Jesus Christ. That was just in 2020, the I can't first year of COVID. I can't believe we've known each other for three years. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, longer than that. Longer than that, for sure. But that's when we started, you know, hanging out regularly. That's and wild. Yeah. Playing, yeah, playing absolutely. In the been a year things. since you've been in town. You just got back. I did. Yeah. I've been back in town for the week, mainly just to hang out and jam. And uh, Yeah. You guys got some photo shoots done? We had such a really fun jam on Friday night. Friday night um, rolled. We, that uh, was so good. Went to the big K-Pack stage. Pack Dan came <clears throat> and jammed, too, which is always a treat. Yes. And we, uh, dude, it was like the second Aaron came in and we started, we kind of started playing right away because me and... We didn't at, see you came right to the jam. Yeah. We were already at the space yeah. and you just got in and Dan was driving yeah, you into and, town. Me and Roundsy set up the space so it was just kind of ready to go pretty much. And uh, so we got right into it. And it was so like, just immediate. How big of a hole there is in the band when Marchuk's not around. It's it's pretty incredible. <clears throat> yeah, it sounded amazing. Yeah. I fill in I fill in the space that I hear. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully I leave some space here. <laughs> I mean sometimes playing in bands before I thinking about what it what I have done. It's like sometimes you're sometimes I am just trying to do too much in a band and it's like I mean, sometimes in life, honestly, I'm trying to do too much at once, and sometimes I'm just not very good at any of it. So I was like, you know what? It's a, it's okay to to take things slowly. Like that's what a lot of people who are yeah, really good at something do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, that's what I mean. Dan talked about it all the time with guitar about how like the the more the longer you played in bands and stuff like that, the more you realize that uh, being the busy isn't like the most important thing. No, you for know, sure. yeah, it's like sometimes like holding back. Yes, most of the time holding back is like the better option sonically. You know, for sure. And I mean, you know, playing on uh, playing on a digital keyboard of something or other, where you have, you know, you can change. You have, a, you know, potentially hundreds of different good sounds in the switch of a button. It makes it very. I can make it tempting, probably. T- tempting to to just too much do too much, and so like a more important thing is just like find. Find a few sounds that you really yeah. that other people like as as well as you, and and just go. Yeah, you could go ADHD like, crazy. If not, we. Re- I mean, the other night it was playing a lot of songs that we played a lot together before, and I was just doing them again for the first time in a year. But the one that you wrote for our bassist Daryl to sing, um, it was just me playing coming in on that for real for the first time and it was kind of i was playing a different keyboard with a pedal attached to it It was dan's keyboard and it was kind of one of those things where i was just i'll i'll try this and uh yeah i didn't know that was all improvised that sounded great that sounded perfect like it it just went with it yeah 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 it was uh that was really cool that was a really cool experience aaron is a gag uh Learn Motley Crue's Home Sweet Home on piano for oh, right. when Marchuk walked in. And then uh, he walked in and he just thought it was a different song altogether. I thought it was something by the Beatles because I think it starts <laughs> with a, uh, similar chords. In it. Yeah. <laughs> also, he immediately fucked up the timing. Oh. Yeah, it was all, it was all <laughs> fucked up. Aaron yeah. was so like, he's like, 
this bit's got to work. He was so like obsessed about nailing it. <laughs> yeah, it was good though. And then the next day, we had the photo shoot with Curtis yeah. for the album cover, and that went, I thought, splendidly. That was that was fun as hell. Yeah. I'm so okay. excited to see it. Really I yeah. can't fucking wait, man. Yeah, I'm like it's like oh, so excited. Like just putting the bow on the album. I'm like, okay, we're actually going to release it. Figure this all out and release it, and all the tertiary work. Yeah, and it's just like it's been. I've there's been two other times since the Jet Wolf album release where like. We're ready to release like a full album, and then it just does something falls apart. The band falls apart right before it gets released. Yeah, you know I've had that happen in two different situations where it's like we spend like two years making something, and then on like the home stretch of it, something happens, mm-hmm. and then the band breaks up and doesn't get released. So it's just like it's it's nice to like I'm pretty confident that it's not going to fall apart in these last couple weeks. So it's nice to know like holy shit, I'm finally. Something's gonna be put out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. No, it's, it's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, just I think. I mean, I think we've got a really damn good. Oh, thanks, man. Five song album. Yeah. Um, I don't. I know on your most recent pod, uh, you were talking a little bit about what we do for release or what do we not yeah. do for release, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have you have you had any more light bulbs to that? I've to had that a area? friend. Uh, a friend of mine offered his house right. as like. Uh, he heard that pod and he's like, to have it here. Yeah. Have it in my place. And I'm like, yeah, maybe it, was, it could get loud though. Or like, but maybe it, like Max is saying, maybe it's just like, maybe it ain't the kind of album release where we need to necessarily play a show. No, I don't think you need to play. I don't think, like, I think just doing the, if you can find a good place uh, to just do kind of the listening party thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even, I mean, it's a sh- it's short, uh, but I mean, just if you have people there who genuinely care and are excited about it too. Yeah, have, just have you know have it playing on good speakers and play yeah play that all night or whatever it takes. To yeah, you know, uh, fuck it. yeah, release party. Yeah, um, yeah, just yeah. yeah they want to hear the ex- album. Gathering excitement about it because I know that when not perhaps at our time in history, where or you know also with you know kind of physical media of music kind of kind of being a thing of the past, yeah. it's a little bit anticlimactic. We worked really damn hard on yeah. Um, Putting putting all these songs together, and you've well, you've been yeah. you've been doing the most work, Braden, in the last year of the post production, and you know, getting it to where you can just send it out to us and be like, just just the stamp of approval. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys just tell me you like it. <laughs> That'd be really cool. <laughs> oh, That's funny. It's funny because we listened to it. We did. I listened with Aaron. Uh, at one of our recent jams, <clears throat> and I'm like, "Oh, there's like now there's one more slight just EQ thing I want to do on the master tracks mm-hmm. on a couple of them." So it's like it's not quite it's there. I could release it tomorrow and be happy with it, but I'm like, "There's like it's, it's going to be that way until I release it, and I don't have a choice but to let be happy with mm-hmm. it." Yes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But you have to. You have to just like it's, it's some fuck man. I've uh, worked with musicians who have. Recorded and re-recorded and re-recorded that and done and and that is true hell. Yeah. You're spending your time in like it's limbo, limbo with five songs, and it's 
the Chinese water torture of music production if you just do that over it's again. It's the bane oh, of the artist. Where it's yeah. like, that sounds great. And they're like, I don't like my drums. Let's re-record my drums. And then they re-record their drums and all of a sudden... <laughs> That's specific. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And then you, uh, they re-record their drums and then nothing else lo- quite lines up. Shit, I gotta take this. I'm gonna post pause it. Okay. Hey, Alright, we're back. Yeah. That was a... Instant break. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think perfectionism is the fucking... That could kill a lot of artists. I mean, you can spend, you can spend your whole goddamn life just... Absolutely. <laughs> just fretting about that things aren't, aren't happening the way you'd like them to. It could it's always like, you know be a little bit better. It yes, could always be more sure. perfect. It, it could, could always be more expressive of yourself. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think that that's what everybody who struggles with that perfectionism is is just trying to to get out how they hear it but you know what we can't mm-hmm. we're not all we can't all be brian wilson yeah. <laughs> as much as yeah as, no shit. Um, yeah i mean but it's i am super super stoked about about what we, what we have here i think that it i think Me that too. it's i think that it's very unique i Ad- think that it's not just five songs of rock music uh you know me too i think um, it's a great album i think not that there's anything wrong with five songs of rock music, but I think that we've got. <laughs> no, a very, I get what you're saying. I think we've got a huge variety. Um, it's got spirit behind it. Absolutely, across just five songs. Yeah, um, and, um, and yeah, to the point, like, uh, yeah, this is your guys' album. That's yeah. why I think a listening release party, you know, something where it's like this is this is your guys' lives. This is your work that's coming out. Absolutely, I feel like we're very. <laughs> We're, I feel like we're trying to promote our own work here, but being very restrained and polite about it yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time. Yeah, no doubt, right? And, the th- and yeah. So uh, if, it's you, hard. if you can gather up people who really, who can kind of <laughs> help yeah. uh, help plug your Spread stuff for you word. as well. No doubt. That's, that's very important. Um, it's a big thing. Networking. Me and Aaron were talking about this the other night. We were like, oh, fuck. Talking about self-promotion, how we're both yes. awful at it. Yes. And how it just feels, there's something about it that feels really douchey. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's, <laughs> that's the, kind of the number one thing I've always struggled with. It's like, you know, I've always thought, you know, well, everybody likes music and it should be able to speak for itself. But in, in reality, I mean, if you actually really want to get things out of there, you have to, you have to push it yeah, hard you on people. Yeah, you've got to have some really confidence do. behind it. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Did you tell the airplane story? Oh, not yet. So I, I, I flew up to Dawson Creek. a perfect example. Oh, yeah. I flew, well, actually into Fort St. John last uh, week, Friday, whatever. So I, um, and in the, the course of this, you know, hour and a half flight, I um, got into, you know, seat, seatmate conversation with this lady who was flying up here to work. And uh, I, I basically got to telling her basically a lot of what we've already talked about with our album here. Right on, um, just breaking and our it down band for and a little bit. Just like I gave her, you know, it's it's only it's five songs, but there's quite a lot of variety on it. I told her, you know, I play the keys and the trumpet, and getting back together to play these songs again for the uh, last while, take some pictures. I basically gave her the whole spiel of, of <laughs> you know the mm-hmm. upcoming weekend and what we worked on, and then I just. Uh, I got that far, and then I didn't even tell her what their band was called. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, when you can't... You know, if we were a much bigger band, you know, decades back, you know, it would be just like, oh, we should... Totally. be in the stores on, you know... Yeah, 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 absolutely. um, It's like, you know, if you're interested in a month, you could... uh, Look up, open up your Spotify and look up the Vice Gestures. I mean, you could. That's how you would do it. 
Yeah. Hard it's a total. Didn't quite get there. So it's a yeah, yeah. That's a total it, Steve it. Martin moment in like a movie where it's like, oh fuck, it didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, coincidentally enough, uh, when we went to Safeway after on Saturday, uh, Aaron saw her. Really? Yeah, yeah, randomly in the, in the checkout as we were heading out of the store. Is she a cute girl? Um. I mean, not. I, I'm. I'm going to ask like not especially to me, but you know that I. She's you attractive. Guys see the appeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, on. It's like one of those things where you're like, uh, it's like if you listen to a song, you're like, I can tell it's good, but it's just not my taste. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was because uh, I remember I was talking to Evan sort of about the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, the album. Yeah, the album. And this is like after we had done the. Is it the most recent podcast where we're talking about the album release? I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. It was after that, and he had heard it. And uh, I just started going. I just told the whole story because it was like, oh shit, yeah, it goes way back to like the pandemic and like me and Rounds had some somewhat of a falling out. And then we started getting together with him and Daryl every weekend and playing video games. Mm-hmm. On like Saturdays, and so- somehow that turned into we should j- like after like a year of doing that and kind of like repairing our friendship, and then being like, okay, we should, yeah, we should jam. Let's let's start playing music again. And then uh, when we first started, just immediately, I'd already been talking to you about music. And I think we'd written together before that first jam. I think we wrote. Yeah, you, that's right. You came you came over to the my old house uh, before that jam, and we wrote the. The, the bridge. bridge of one of, uh, of, one of uh, the news, yeah. Yes, and then a little while after that, I guess we. You guys met through Dan, out. right? Yeah, kind I think, of. I think so. Just through the scene, sort of through, too. Through the right. music, I guess. Um, I guess mainly, Dan would be a, a big connector for sure. I, I think one, yeah. of, one of the first few times I remember talking to you much was at one of these jams when Dan would have you know a whole bunch of pe- uh, people, mainly guitar players, over to his house yeah big jam. But I remember, I remember just seeing you at you know basically whatever live music show I was at. Um, yeah. Before then, for 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 years, real action. I, yeah. Uh, I remember. I remember you being sort of a cool local guy in the music scene for for a long while before that, and I think even by the time that uh, Scarlet Sway, which was another band that I was in mm. for a while here, by the time that that everyone went their separate ways in that. I didn't really know my future in Dawson Creek or of music with it, but I kind of thought, you know what, I don't want to do another rock band here in Dawson Creek. I definitely want to do it with Braden because he knows, well, not just with not just with all the influences that we have in common, but mm. also, I mean, for the, the original material. I mean, oh, because thanks, it's, man. it's so... That, That's sweet. The dedication that it honestly takes, I mean, and I mean, I think about this a lot in the last year because... A lot of what I understand about, you know, say, structure of music um, and a lot of the technical knowledge, I guess, I had about it, it, I mean, it comes from books and lessons and everything um, more, like, I mean, I am, I definitely do play by ear as well, but when I consider, like, pretty much all that you, you haven't really had the benefit of, like, referring to structures from a book so much. Right, right, definitely not, yeah. To get these song structures down, it's because you listen to whatever songs you liked enough um long enough and to i think i think you had to more fully internalize everything in your right. head a little bit more than somebody like me who has a bit more knowledge of 
the theories of like, I always come to you for theory sure. knowledge and stuff. I'm like, well, oh, what, sure. what is this? And that's, like, you know, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, so I think that, I mean, I think that's why we've worked together pretty damn good. Yeah. Is because there's gaps in our knowledge that. Yeah. Well, and also like, yeah, like, or all like, like when we first, that first session, when we wrote the news before I knew <clears throat> exactly what I was even going to do with the song or what it was. I kind of I had the loose structure and I had a bridge and I'm just like I just don't know where the fuck I could even go with this mm-hmm. and then Marshall's like oh you could do like a like an A7 I'm like what's an, I don't even know what a I didn't know what a seven the chord fuck? was at the time we're not playing <laughs> Battleship <laughs> and I was just like hey, he showed me showed me seven chords I was like oh that's really fucking cool and then like oh and then like that completely opened up the door like. <clears throat> And that's when we started, like, most of this album was, like, co-written with, like, the structure was co-written with Aaron. Like, um, composed. It, yeah, most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like, Bonafide, Bonafide and Daisy had pre-written already. But uh, everything that was made in the band in its current state was co-written with Mar- Martrak. Because it's, like, it's, I, he's the perfect bouncing board of, like, creative ideas for me. It's, like, okay, what... What is this? You know what I mean? Like, and he's like, he's your he's Joe Perry. He's your Joe Perry. Yeah, he's my <laughs> Joe Perry. I could get close to Mark Chuck. I could dangle a cigarette out my mouth. What the fuck? Do a little Steven Tyler. <laughs> oh, God mentioned that. Had a nice drunken watch of, uh, if you go on YouTube, there's this documentary of the making of the Aerosmith album Pump. Which came Fuck out yeah. in 1990. I think they recorded in 89 because like all the dates are all 89. But I'm pretty sure it came out in 1990, if not late 89. Classic album. So great. But it is like, it's a fun doc. Oh, yeah. There's like streaks of Spinal Tap in there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so. It's very candid. It's very fly on yeah, the wall. Steven Tyler makes about five analogies, songwriting <laughs> analogies that are all kind of the same analogy, but different. <laughs> He's like, you know what he's talking about his producer? And he's like, when Bruce is like the town planner, he's like, don't put that bridge there. That bridge is no good there. Put a tunnel there. <laughs> but And then he's talking about songwriting again. He's like, that's the thing. It's like baking. You know, you could talk about the ingredients all day and where they come from. But the end, the proof is in the pudding. There's just a ton of like a million different analogies for songs and structures. all half-baked. <laughs> I think at the moment I was like, I was like, seems to got a million of these because this is like part of his currency of getting laid. Because this is like, this is definitely what he tells chicks to get laid. <laughs> so he's got a good variety of uh, arsenal of songwriting analogies at his disposal. Oh yeah, he's a master wordsmith. Yeah, and it's like Stephen is so he's so fucking wacky. Oh yeah, no. he- the the contrast between him and Perry um, in any <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. They are polar opposites, right? Terry is very, very low energy and sleepy, kind of throughout the whole thing. I mean, kind of how I feel like sometimes in our band a little bit, right? But, right. Um, then Stephen Tyler's Stephen Tyler's does all the all the crazy, <laughs> crazy, all the crazy ways to sit. Also, in yeah. Oh yeah, he'll he just stand like, up and he dance. He did the cool teacher, the like, the like sitting, like reversing the chair and putting your arms up on the back <laughs> at one point. At one point, he's just sitting on the floor, cross-legged. Yeah, they all have different uh, set pieces for their like talking heads, 
And then it's going through all of them. And then the drummer just has a steel staircase. Like a mobile staircase <laughs> that you would like take from place to place. Yeah, something that like looks like it's in the background of the film set to like hang lights off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. You'd use that staircase to like hang a light. Yeah. And you just, like a safer way to hang a light. Hanging at the bottom of this giant steel staircase. <laughs> it's so weird. <clears throat> also, I don't know... Uh, the guy from the label who had the like long hair, bearded uh, glasses, dude. Oh yeah, the A and R guy. The A and R guy who was had was very very confidently opinionated about a lot of things. That like, if you're the, one of the guys in the band, he's kind of the one of the guy there. Just like you want to be like shut up nerd a lot of the time. But, yeah. Uh, also at the same time, I mean, he's got a great job there and he's kind of killing it at what he's doing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's very true. It's hard. It's it's. He has the voice of an utter dork, so it's yeah. really easy to hate him. Like, he makes it so easy to be like, because he's just like, yeah, I don't think, like, he talks like that. And, you know, you see the it. Guy, the guy with the big beard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think he was like, because there's like a couple, in the original cut of Janie's Got a Gun, I think Steven says fuck at some point in it. Okay. And he's like, I just think you got to remove that word. I mean, the song's got great commercial potential, and it's not going to get played on the radio if it has that word. Just changes one word. So he was right? And he, he was, that's the thing. He was right. I think he was 100% right. But it was just like, it just sounds like a hall monitor trying to like, it makes talking you- to the cool kids in class. It makes you want to do the opposite immediately. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And same with their producer. Their producer... Oh, uh, yeah. Producer's a fucking... uh, Bill something. He looks like a yacht yuppie. Yes. Yes. There's one shot of him talking to the band, and they're all sitting on like a stoop. (laughs) And he's just standing in front of them. And he's in like a a bright green blue tracksuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> and it looks like it looks like yeah, it looks like the guidance counselor is like trying to like, yeah, it looks like he's dress coaching down a the bad kids. <laughs> yeah, or he's like coaching a sports team or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's great though. It's a great documentary. All shot on like camcorder. Yeah, it's all shot on like yeah, those like '90s camcorders. They probably just have a little tape in them. Yeah, you know it's got I mean? a mini DV. Yeah, so it's all very like blur. It looks like home footage that our parents had totally. when they had the shitty little camera. I wish I still had that. Gotta be somewhere, right? Did it get lost in the, uh, in the, it's probably gone. Yeah. I oh, think, I think, sucks. I think everything we have, like we have got like honest, immediate, like some footage view. on that, that I'm glad has gone forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you doing, like uh, me doing my Elvis impression as a kid. Oh, no, <laughs> that's great. I would want to. <laughs> yeah, kid impressions are good. I thought you meant like preteen stuff, like when we like oh, when they we filmed did my second gig the ever. Queen. That was a good gig at, uh, at the old K Pack. Old K Pack was up when it was up the hill. Old K Pack used to be. Oh wait, you lived in this town? Yeah, you know. God damn it! With like Josh and Kevin and stuff. Josh yeah. Rainey was driving with me at the time. That's what we started together. But I remember, yeah, I did like we did uh, "Let There Be Rock" by ACDC. It was our big closer. And the big solo section, I think I just soloed for like five minutes. Fuck yeah, <laughs> dude. It was killer. I had one of those, uh, this very of the time, uh, uh, like those bowling shirts with the graphics on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Flame, yeah. flame bowling yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that, but it was just a bunch of, it would be like, would be considered like a polka dot pattern, but instead of the polka dots, it was Rolling Stones tongues. <laughs> yeah. I was actually a sick shirt. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun shirt. Hair <laughs> short and spiky. Short and spiky. Gelled up. Gelled up. Hell yeah. 
Yeah. I remember that gig. That gig, if I remember right, too, had an amazing audience. It was all like... It was really cool. All standing, and they were right packed up to the fucking stage. The audience is... I mean, it feels like old man bitter bullshit, but the audience has feel, felt way more active back then. It might be because they were all kids. Might be like they were, were all ages shows with kids our age, so they're all middle school kids. Exactly. They were in school with you. you yeah. Know? That's so true. Like, like I was... I was at a few, you know, performances of things in the old K-Pack, but I was always, I was always still a, kill, a kid then. Yes. So, yes. I mean, I hear people that are a bit older than me who were not kids back then, you know, talk about how it was at the old K-Pack. And right. I, I do miss that building as well, actually. That's, yeah. uh, I, well, I mean, that's, that's, kind of, that's where I first started playing the trumpet anyways and did a lot of, went to a lot of lessons there Oh, was well, the old so K-Pack building. For sure. Oh, yeah. interesting. And it's fun, like... Um, Josh Renier, I don't know where he's at right now, but I, he was somebody that I met uh, in, through the Kiwanis Community Band when I was uh, probably 12 or 13 at a time, and he was joining some years in from school. And oh, at that it. time, he was like this drummer dude who I just thought was like the coolest guy that a human possibly could be. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. He does yeah. like humanitarian work. He's all over oh, the place Yeah, now. he does. I remember last time I... No, not the last time, but one of the last times to talk to him because it's like I see him maybe once a year at like a party. Right. He'll come into town. Okay. And he'll come to a house party, usually at Landon's. And I'll see him there. And I remember last time he was talking about how he spent like a like a year in Israel. Oh, wow. Jesus <laughs> and, and so I started Christ. asking about the Israel-Palestine conflict. <laughs> Just like the most useless thing to talk about when you're hammered. It's like, is <laughs> if I could... It's amazing. That's real conversation. It is, but it's also like I was just... I was sloshed, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I hear Israel Why and my brain, does, my brain just does word association. So I ask him, like, what's your take on the Israel-Palestine conflict as if I have a take insane, <laughs> other than it, it happened. That's yeah. insane. You spent time or in as, Israel. Or as if that any, that it can really be summed up in, you know, one at a party. Yeah. Or yeah. at a party anyways. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. It was good though. Yeah. No, Josh, Josh is great. He lives, yeah, he does. He lives in, uh. Vancouver. I think he's going to law school. He's becoming a lawyer. What a life. That's yeah, insane. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Lord did good, man. I hope I'm more spiritually in tune than him or something, because what a waste. <laughs> he spent time in Israel, Africa. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible. That's crazy. Traveled the world. Yeah, I remember, I remember he told me at one time one of the parties he went to Burning Man. Oh, did he go to Burning Man? Yeah. Would you guys go to Burning Man to check I would, it out? I feel like I would want to go to Burning Man because I feel like I would you could probably get laid in Burning Man. Oh, yeah. Pretty easily. But I'm not a drug guy. That's a thing, right. man. I, the thing, like, I've, <clears throat> you know, I maybe, like, do mushrooms once once a year. I don't, like, occasionally do drugs, but it's really not my go-to. Realistically, no. I don't know if I could really handle do you know doing drugs doing doing a bunch of psychedelics in that big festival would be like I yeah, in that I environment too <laughs> where it's like a Mad Max festival that seems the idea of it the idea of going to those kinds of things does seem very fun but I guess the reason that I'm 27 and I just haven't done those things is because probably deep yeah. down I know I can't really deal with I'd it rather go <laughs> to a Taylor Swift concert than Burning Man yeah I would, I would yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing about Burning Man too. The second one? No, uh, the thing about Burning Man is uh, <laughs> I'm such a, in those scenarios, I'm a go there for one night, party my face off, and go home. Oh, yeah, you can't yeah. stay a week at Burning Man. Like the whole people, I think it's a weekend? Is it a week or a weekend? 
Might be a weekend. I want to say it was just a weekend, and then they burn the yeah. man at the end of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, like on but, Sunday or whatever. There's an actual wicker man they burn, right? Yeah, yeah that's the whole. Yeah, thing. that's how it. That's how it started. See, that's kind of cool. No, there is a cool hit. There is. I was. I have a cousin who's gone to Burning Man, anyways, and I was reading a little bit about it. And I mean, really, the, the hist- there is a really cool history behind it. But I think it sounds like uh, it sounds like it's kind of been taken over by super rich tech firms oh, as well. Oh yes, um, that makes a lot of, of like sense. Yes, yeah, I yeah. can see that. Yeah. It's not it, like anything. Like uh, yeah. yeah, and it's funny because I bet I could have a lot of conversations there that I'd be interested in. Definitely. but I don't want to have yeah. those conversations with those people. It's like all the conversations I want to have is like the people who engage with them. I don't want to engage with <laughs> yeah. them. I don't want to talk about the fucking the death cycle with some fucking tatted up dude with some yeah, backwards some headband on. Some fucking, no, was, no uh, even just some burnout fucking hippie with a fucking oh, rag even, band. Even, <laughs> no. So it truly is like... The, I'd rather I hang would, out with the millionaires, yeah. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going the opposite. I, uh, uh, so it's like that classic, like I wouldn't want to be a part of any club that would have me kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Um, I can't... I, because it's like, I, yeah, I think I could, I'm sure there's like a lot of art going on, a lot of interesting conversations, but to be plugged into a social group that big all weekend, to me, sounds overwhelming. To be That's draining. Yeah. yeah. And just looks so and I'm sure loud and chaotic. If I went and I did it, I'm sure I'd come back and be like, it was amazing. I don't know. It was amazing. Like, I, oh, that's what I, I mean. Yeah, I'm sure it's fun. It would be as like uh, one of those like landmark experiences. Like, I'm going to Vancouver in a, like, in a few, on the 23rd. And I'm like, kind of like, oh, what am I gonna? Why did I book it for five days? What am I gonna do for a five day period? And then, but I'm sure I'll be happy I did. Are I'm you done? Are you feeling like that yet, Mark Chuck? Have we bored you yet? <laughs> I mean, you're not, like, I mean, you're like, I, I've hit my limit when we started watching Nancy Grace for an hour. And a half. <laughs> I mean, it was the op. It's the opposite. I mean, I went. Oh, deadly! This was went the opposite way coming up to Dawson Creek. Just thinking about like. So I didn't move to Vancouver. I moved to Abbotsford, which is an hour to to two outside, and still in the like same still, region. In the same region, still ten times more people in the city I live now in Dawson Creek, and so a big part of like, you know, it's like Westchester. Say, for, New say York. for example, not going to a bunch of concerts that I might have is like <laughs> I, I have to be honest. It's like I'm kind of a small town hick. At the end, at the end, thing. like I right, do, right. I do get pretty easily overwhelmed yeah. by the big crowds thing, which is right. Yeah. when you have to deal with when, um, and like certainly, there's a lot of days in the Lower Mainland when there are a lot of days where it's like, okay, what what can I do with myself today without right. spending a b- bunch of money? Right. It's, very, it's pretty hard. You you can do a whole lot of things around there while spending a ton of money. Yeah, exactly. So coming uh, coming the opposite way up to Dawson Creek, honestly, uh, that's good. Boring is not the boring is not the word I've used. Even if life's just we've actually been pretty like, busy too. Honestly, oh, yeah. these past couple of days. Yeah, it's like because we had all these. You plans, guys have been and, jamming like, nonstop. We've been we've jamming jammed nonstop. quite a lot. Yeah. yeah, that was and that was great. <clears throat> By the end uh, yesterday. My voice had just had it. It was shot, and so it was like, oh, it was bad. Oh, yeah, I could hear it when you came home last night, definitely. I was, like, cracking and stuff like that. And I was like, by the last the last time, I was like, okay, guys, I'm shot. I can't do this anymore. I'm burnt. And then Daryl's like, one more song. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Daryl's like, please, one yeah. more song. Yeah, I don't want to go home yet. <laughs> he loves um, to jam. 
And speaking of like being in a sort of like a bigger city setting, you want to tell the story about the dude? Dude outside that got subdued by police? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Crime sure. you heard about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it, just, a, just a couple of weeks ago, it was kind of the closest to where I live and nearest to latest crime story that had been reported because um, most of, I mean, you know, there are crazy random acts of violence that happen, but most yeah. time, most of the time in the news, they say, it's like, oh, this was targeted. Um, yes. right, and right. Not, um, Almost like to calm people down and be like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> part of it be like, don't panic. And Gang I do violence. find, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think probably this is. Uh, I'll, I'll get to the funnier story, but I mean, probably the more genuinely scarier thing that happened, like the uh, month after I moved there, was uh, in Langley, which is just one city over in the Fraser Valley, still outside of Vancouver. There was somebody mm-hmm. over the course of one night um, was like. I don't remember how many, but he just went around and shot a bunch of people who were either homeless or just hanging out on the street, like totally random that one. I don't remember if it was three or four people. And there was like, you know, so it got to be like this big emergency. Like you wake up and have the emergency alert. Hang on your phone. That was like, I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that, that one was a bit, a little bit genuinely scary. Yeah. That was the, um, but, uh, like Pat, is it Patrick Bateman, American Psycho? It yeah. seemed like yeah. he was a little Patrick a little Bateman. Bit of that kind yeah, of dude. <laughs> just um, I'm just killing the kill. I just like killing. <laughs> yeah, killing homeless guys too. Yeah, well, it's like I'm sure it's one of the things where it's like I could probably get away with killing like five of these in one night. And no one's gonna find me. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's like how do you connect someone to you know yeah. other than like street cameras and stuff like that. But, like, did they catch him in the article? Did they say they have a suspect in custody? They did. And oh, actually, I need to go and look. I, I don't remember if he actually committed suicide by cop or not. I think he might have. Or eventually. Jesus I don't, Christ. I don't quite remember what happened with that guy. If but, not, they might let him out on manslaughter or something. <laughs> Who <yeah>. knows? <laughs> so a different news story just uh, the week out before I came up here was on, um, on the two streets uh, just right where... Uh, right where my apartment building is, there was, of course, it's written in, you know, police report language. So there was a yes. reports of a male con- committing an indecent act on the street. <laughs> so there's a few things that that could mean, I guess, right? Um, and then somebody called the police on him, and then the police showed up, and uh, he, and well, officially, the guy was, arrange- uh, was injured while they were arresting him. So <laughs> there, there's just... See, only, now only, that's only, fun. only a few <laughs> mental images of what yeah. was really happening here. Um, See, now that's a fun. Was that story. like right outside your building, though? You're saying? Uh, yeah, it would have been. It was. It was the right streets. It would have been anywhere. It could have been right beside my car, parked outside. It could have. <laughs> you was jerking off to your car. If, I mean, I fucking I, love this if, car. If I were still smoking, as going out to smoke as regular as as uh, when I moved down, I probably would. Have, I probably would have, have been outside. And <laughs> the thing. At the very least, you would have seen the aftermath. Ugh. At the very least. <laughs> I'm, ass, I'm assuming the guy cracked his head on the street or, or something like that. And, yeah, uh, he know. probably got knocked down by police, and he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, you fucking hurt my head. I'm suing. Caught you with your dick in the I'm suing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's fucking, that's crazy. Have you, uh, is there, are you witness to a lot more, like, crazy in Abbotsford? Is there, yeah, come to you, baby. If not crazy, you'll 
sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's just, I don't know. It's like just homeless people and shit like that. Like general. Like, um, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's not always the obviously homeless people who are like, it's, I like, I don't live in the part of the city where there was like a big homeless, a big homeless tent city. Right. Of course, the thing is like, you know, days after I, I remember days after I moving there, just watching a bunch of cops, like at nine in the morning, just stand like five cops, just standing, watching one homeless guy pack up all his things. Cause they needed to move. It was like, <laughs> when it's like, when it's like that, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, there was maybe one, maybe one incidence of somebody maybe trying to rob me, uh, Whoa, shortly, really? shortly after I moved, uh, moved there it was like a bit of a moment of, Mm, should probably smarten up about how I'm, how and when I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, really? Um, what was that? What happened? Like, oh, um, well, it was in the, in the summer last year, I went out to, went out to smoke at about 10 PM. It was a week, it was a weeknight and I just was on this parking park bench sort of just across where I live. Is it like a suburban street? Um, no, it's, it's more like, it's more like one of the main through streets of okay. the city, like like it's it, like it's a bit less of a strictly residential place. Like it's like there's know. stores around and stuff like that. Yeah. Businesses. Dude, he lives apparently like across the street from a KFC. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Which is, I mean, in my mind, a huge upgrade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> you just smelling that all day, dude. Wake up oh, yeah. like the skunk the fuck, from yeah. uh, is a Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, dude. Except following for, your nose, except for when the except for when the tree just beside the KFC starts uh, catches fire because maybe somebody was setting fire. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that no, just a few weeks ago too. Oh yeah, someone was just starting fires on his street. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> a crazy a, eventful just time! Just a fucking goblin. But basically, I'll keep it light on the details. But the last one was like I was just smoking a joint to uh, you know maybe maybe a, I don't know was it a particularly odd time was it like was. Was I in the wrong? It was like I don't know. Somebody came and sat down and sort of started a somewhat weird, con- some, somewhat uh, some uh, awkward. awkward conversation that I sort of felt like I had to get away from. Like, had to, I felt like I had to be an ear there for, but I started having a weird feeling about it, like oh, okay. like pretty like right. And, you started uh, getting that gut feeling of like some something's not right. Yeah, yeah. But it then was, your kindness is making you stay there too, for sure, and. Oh, I hate that feeling. It was um, after a few minutes. Anyways, I got up and started to walk. I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll, it's nice to meet you. I'll see." And mm-hmm. um, it was it was this gal that sat down. I I started to walk away, and uh, and I and I swore she like whispered something to somebody else who was nearby. And I was like, oh, "Really?" I just had to like you know cross the street, and but it was sort of one of these things where like I swear I'm being followed like the whole way back oh, here. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> fuck that. Oh, so, that sucks. Did you take a longer way around home? No, I, I, I took the, I like, took fuck the shortest, you guys. I took the shortest path at that point. Maybe I was probably seemed a little shook and maybe it was nothing, but you know, no, no, I get that. No, I absolutely. Know. Well, I, you just don't know too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of like I was used to being, sort of the lord of the manor at my parents old very large property house and so now it's going to a much you know smaller place and so it's just getting used to that yeah sometimes i've when i think when i first moved down there i sort of felt like i was just like walking around like i fucking own everywhere (laughs) right yeah yeah. it took me big adjustment to start smoking outside the apartment you know um 
Yeah, just because yeah. that uh, the old blue house and stuff, just stay inside and smoke and all that, you know. Um, so yeah, definitely is big adjustment going outside because you know you got a bunch of eyes, especially our back. The way our back is is like when I'm back there, literally the entire block can see me too, you know. You're like in a courtyard, like surrounded by several apartments. Like you're, yeah. like it's like you're. If anyone, if every single person looked out the bright window in their apartment, yeah, you'd have like we hundreds could, of people. Like we could totally do a uh, a wire drug thing. I could totally. I, I could. About that. I could totally yeah. signal the apartments out yeah. on my smoke break, dude. A hundred percent. I was thinking about that during the wire. Uh, I, I started watching the wire. Yeah, you finally got in, got past the first episode. So good. Like, got momentum. I don't know what it was. I don't know if because I remember thinking like, oh man, I can't keep track of all these characters. There's not that many characters to keep track of, and it's it's also short, kind of bland, very documentary. It, yeah, it's a slow, it's a slow burn of a show, and yeah, very. Very, all, yeah. very the, yeah. The, the visual style is almost bland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let yourself appreciate that, that eventually. Um, yeah, exactly. Kind of get into the grittiness of it. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of like early the just visually. Yeah, it reminds me of like early Law and Order. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like at the beginning. Totally. Yep. Um. Just like just how kind of flat everything looks. I mm-hmm. guess. But like. I don't even think I finished the first episode because by the time I finished the first episode, I was just in. Yeah, hooked you. Yeah, immediately it did immediately hook me. And I think maybe what happened was I was like when I first started the wire, I was probably hungover or sick, mm. and I probably just fell asleep halfway through. Yeah, I was probably if I'm guessing what happened, that's probably why. Because, <laughs> Could have been because I was like I was pretty engaged throughout the whole episode, and then the ending. I can't remember what happened, but I was like, oh, I'm in. Let's do this. Fuck yeah! But uh, there's this courtyard in the in the at least in the first season. I don't know if they do follow it at all in the second. Mostly just in the first. Oh, okay, yeah. and it's just like it's just like ours. This is like a big parking lot area surrounded by oh different is. apartment just, buildings. It really oh, okay. does like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like that's where all the drug dealing goes on, where all the neighborhood kids hang out, where all the junkies hang out. It's like if our to... neighborhood was so awful, that's kind of what it would be like. It was like a really bad drug neighborhood. Okay. Dude, I need to go full Omar, get a little black twink with me, yeah, yeah, <laughs> start exactly. hanging outside. Oh, that's, like, and that's the thing. It's like the whole plot of the first season is there's this uh, sort of drug kingpin who owns... It would be like if there's a drug kingpin that owned every apartment building. It would be right. like if Northview was a drug kingpin. <laughs> right. And they owned every... The drug kingpin owned every single apartment building Took in this cuts area. from each one. And then started dealing out of every apartment building because he can move to different apartments and different rooms and mobility is way better. Right. You finished the whole show, right, Aaron? Yeah. It took, yeah. Me, it, it took me a long time to do. I mean, so you're going to finish the first season and then the second season, the focus is going to so, change so much that um, I think I think when it first came out a lot, I think people were very disappointed by that. Uh, right. We're just so jarred by the, the switch. It's it just will, so different. Um, they just... Uh, so by the time you get into... Um, the say the middle of the show then you're gonna it's gonna transition kind of away from the hood and more into uh the city politics and stuff so mm-hmm. you're gonna it's gonna be a whole lot of really smarmy uh politician right tricks, uh, just... <laughs> not less gang violence yeah yeah um although you know we also see you know all the ways that they're fucking up you know everything for people who right. just live in their city as well right um where does it take place baltimore baltimore 
That's like the roughest city in the United States, ain't it? It's pretty rough. It's got to be one of them. Yeah, sure, I, I think, think it's higher than Detroit, Baltimore. Oh, really? Far that's where Bob's like, from. Is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, as far as like murder rates and stuff, I'm pretty sure that's like Baltimore's up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rough town. Yeah. Sure. I'm yeah. talking as if I've been there. It's <laughs> Baltimore? It's a rough town. I've been there, and trust me, it's <laughs> so, rough. It's no, it's no Dawson Creek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the worst thing our parking lot has is max smoking. So. <laughs> it's the closest we get to the wires, max smoking out, outside. Given cancer. Everybody old man like, across. Yo, Max is coming. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, Max is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Going out there smoking, looking all menacingly <laughs> at everyone. <laughs> Staring at all the apartment buildings. <clears throat> Dude, last night we were watching, we ended up, somehow ended up perusing the ID channel. Yes. And, uh. There's a new ID show that I really like, uh. Body all, in the basement. It's all about murder stories about people getting killed in basements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, ending up in the basement. <laughs> which seems like such a fucking, like, niche hack producer idea. They're, like, trying to come up with shows at the ID network. And, like, uh, what if we have a show? Uh, I don't know. What if it's just all about dead people in basements? Maybe the title came up first. Like, yes, Body feels, in the basement. Exactly. It feels like a title first idea. Yeah. And they're, like, yeah, that'll work. I mean, we need to make, like, 50 murder shows a week. So why not Body in the Basement? Definitely a lot of effort put into the casting to reenact these real people. I, uh, that's what I like the about show. it. The reenactments are really good in Body in the Basement. I, yeah, they're they're solid. Everybody it, only seen from the back, of course. Yeah, yeah, but they recreate the crime scenes and oh, everything yeah, too. Yeah. That it's like it's pretty close. I, I don't know. I do, but I did get a. Ki- I always get a kick out of like uh, when they, they do the reenactments, and it's a bunch of it's actors, right? It's probably like generic actors going for roles. So it's yes. so lot of skinny people, and every time, every time back in the day when I'd sit when I'd stay home sick and watch those shows. It would always they'd show the real guy, and it's like the guy's always like eighty pounds heavier than oh, the actor. Oh, it's portrayed. always yeah, it's always so much uglier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ugly factor like shoots up three thousand percent. Yeah, because like in the reenactments too, they all have very trimmed facial hair and very specific styles. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's kind of like how at the end of Blow. <laughs> at the end of the blow when they show the real guy John Jeb you're like oh <laughs> well they show him as they an old lose, man in they, a wheelchair they all the sex appeal <laughs> they show him like with all his liver spots look, on his head he looks like shit. my grandma yeah it's awful that's an awful <laughs> day yeah like oh why'd you do that you really talk about fucking breaking the fourth wall and just ruining my uh, <laughs> suspension of disbelief um, this guy can't fuck Penelope Cruz. Then we follow that up with Nancy Grace doing an ID special live mm. report on. I'll um, say that was too much, man. Long Island serial killer. Like, oh god, she's so ex- she. I mean, oh my god. I'm, I'm sure I'm not breaking any new ground when talking about Nancy Grace, but what an exploitive piece of garbage <laughs> she is! Holy, so shit. sensationalist. Definitely. Yeah, I mean. I mean, really, all it all it all starts with just over enunciating some words, but yes. I mean, really, but with a. Uh, that's the thing. Not, yeah. She, you're right. It's like she'll pick a word. Like I wish I could fucking do it. I'd just butcher it. But it's like she she say a normal sentence, but pronunciate one like way over pronunciate one word. Yes, yes. And then make it seem like whew, he killed shit. thirteen women who were all prostitutes. Yeah, you she, know, is like that. It was she could do an amazing job in a setting where she's trying to make fun of that kind of. 
yes. fantasy was exactly totally. actually doing that as a serious journalist. Uh, <laughs> well, she really You're she, right. It feels like a parody. Yeah. She it feels she, like a parody. She feels like she has the energy of like a frantic newsroom. And they're like reporting on war or something. And she has to like talk into one camera and there's people talking over her. But in this, it's just like a very quiet desk and she's just coming off so erratic. And then they have on um, a girl who met the guy. And she she was so out of it. She was, she was comatose. She was, she, she was drunk or, like you said, maybe on Valium, probably something like that. Yeah. Or maybe a little bit of both because she was just like, I don't know. I went on a date and we, he was asked me all these questions. He said, he brought up the murders. And he said, how do you think they did that? I said, I don't yeah. know. I but don't like know anything. At half speed of and that. Yeah, yeah. It was so just like, it's like every awful, if you ever get cornered. At like a house party by like a drunk chick who's just boring and awful. It was that every yeah. one of those where you're just like, I got to take a piss, but she will not. It's like that polite thing you're talking about yes. where you're like, I don't want to just cut someone off and walk away, but I'm going to piss my pants and they just they won't stop. Becomes an energy they vampire. Yeah, it's a full energy, full Colin Robinson energy mm-hmm. vampire. Absolutely. I didn't know though that he. Uh they went on his computer records and he was searching up like crazy child porn and shit. That was fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think generally, like serial killers, I think is that like a common thread between them? Is there a lot of them are pederasts? Yeah, that might be true. I'm I not sure. At that point, you wouldn't be surprised by. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Suppose, it's not surprising. Yeah. Then, then we saw just a little clip. I don't know if the guy was at his work or something. He was like, looked. Almost, <laughs> yeah, there's like they were interviewing looked, him for something. Almost looked and sounded like a live action Peter Griffin. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes he was so goofy. <laughs> You're like, this is the guy because they show him getting brought out of court. <laughs> And he's a fucking intimidating big dude. I mean, in the mugshots and everything, he looks mean. Yeah, but the moment he opens up his mouth and he's, Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm uh, Ron (laughs) Hureman. I like to go out and... uh, I like to hunt. I like to fish. I'm just your regular guy. He said he would uh, hang out on his deck and watch TV, which I thought was weird. And on his front porch, yeah. (laughs) It's like he was out there all day, all night. Well, that was another thing. It was... Another thing Nancy Grace would do, she would just throw these little insinuations out there like, so you're saying he would sit on his porch and watch TV, almost like he was looking out for someone. Yes. Anyways, and then she would like (laughs) cut to something else. Yeah, she's like, uh, now you've been investigating this, you guys been in the house, now is there a chance murders took place in his basement vault? Cops like no, <laughs> no. We looked into that. Nah, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, when they're talking about the child porn. Yeah. Uh, he had like what seemed like a regular correspondent for Nancy, and she's talking about the child porn, and she's like, and she he was looking up five year old girls, and I have a six year old, and I'm just as if like if she didn't have a six year old, yeah. it'd be fine. <laughs> when Nancy kept Not going, yeah. Nancy was like, I can't read this because it makes me sick to my stomach, but I'm going to for you anyways. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, uh, what was it? What did she say? She like shit on the media at one point or him okay. or like it was something about him consuming media maybe and being like, what a piece of shit. But she's also doing, she's like feeding into that exact same monster she was criticizing. Oh, I was no. kind of tired at that point. I can't remember. The no, trick. no. It was his neighbor. His neighbor two doors down from him was on the show 
And they were talking about how he was like burning stuff in his trash can at late at night and stuff like that in the backyard. And then the neighbor goes, yeah, I don't know why none of the neighbors called the cops <laughs> on him. Oh, I got so mad. Oh, that, 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 that was very, I was kind of with you there. I was like, I, neighbor I grew up with burned trash in her backyard all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's like, you're the neighbor. Why, if you, if thought, you were worried, yeah, you call the cops then. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> I wanted to wait backstage and smack that guy. But then again, I do have to say, like, I mean, I've, I've never seen anybody setting up a TV on their front on their porch front or, porch. or on their state apartment balcony or yeah. anything like that. Unless it's they... yeah, unless it's three Mexican guys <laughs> and they got well, lawn chairs. The only, and stuff. the only thing I could think of <laughs> that was even possible was like. A gross represent misrepresentation of information where he would sit on his porch and look at YouTube on his phone. Yeah, that's. I'm like, if that's the case, then that's right. Totally, not, not even a weird detail. He made it. <laughs> he made it seem. I had this very clear like, visual in my like head. Old tube TV. Old tube TV with rabbit ears, and he's in a lazy boy with the recliner up. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's clearly looking at everyone walking by. Yeah, like um, it's like as opposed to like. A piece of lawn furniture, and he's just kind of like laying on his back, yeah. <laughs> watching YouTube, watching the epic fails of the week. Yeah, um, it's crazy though. It's crazy that there's a modern serial killer out there. Yeah, people love it. it- that was the thing. She's that was the other thing when she's talking. Nancy Grace is talking to the cop, and she's like, "Are there other serial killers in oh, Long right. Island?" <laughs> it's like. I don't know. It's like he has. You said he had that look. And he's like, probably. I mean, Long Island's a big city, yes. but we're just gonna say no. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> say no. But you're asking me a question that's like, if you want me to be real, yeah, it's like technically, <laughs> but no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he started the response with what I will say. Yes, yes. It's like yes, that's perfect. Yeah. Police jargon talk. It's like let's not get into semantics. <laughs> There's probably someone who's killed a few people. Yes, I mean. Going back to the wire for us, as I mean, a, such a big part of all of the seasons about the wire is police just fudging statistics and, and oh fuck uh, yes, I love that's, that's, that's something I loved the about the wire was like like the low like the street cops are as bad as the drug dealers yes. right. as far as like just prone to violence and like just two I, different sides of the same coin exactly almost, yeah. hair trigger prone to violence like you said fudging everyone. On every side is fuck it is like distorting information to make them look better, right? You know, it's so we like rounded as a series. Like it doesn't, you don't. I really don't get the feeling that you're supposed to be like that's a bad guy or that's a bad guy. Like every character is kind of, and it's so like fuck. It must have come out a while ago. The Wire is like an old show at this point. I think right? the first oh, yeah. season is twenty years old now. I think it's two thousand and three or holy shit, really? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And so it's like one of those. First, like those, this first generation of TV shows, I feel like where uh, there's no such thing as just a straight bad guy. Every every character is complicated, and you know there's people who are more corrupt and more shitty than others. But it's not like anyone. There's this one character where I thought for sure he was just going to be like a complete and utter shit heel the whole time. He's like a cops or like a higher up in the department's son. Okay. And he's fucking up and he like uh uh beats up this black teen and he he's blind and he fucks up so he gets sent to office duty. And you're just like, yeah, that guy's a piece of shit. He's the guy every time I look on screen, and he is. I still don't like him, but like they give him like 
he's like in the office and he happens to like solve this code. Right. That they're kind of like, like these, they use co- codes on the pager and they don't just don't know. And he ends up kind of solving it. And you're like, they give him a win to some degree, you know? Right. That's Prez. You're talking. Uh, yeah, Prez? I think yeah. so. So if you watch the whole, in season four, he's, he's, he, he goes, he goes through quite an arc. Okay. Just a big arc. And see, some would, some would say that in season four he almost gets the most undeserved redemption arc. I don't think. It's, <laughs> I don't think ultimately it's like not really all about his redemption because right. Um, but yeah, no, he's 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 an interesting one. He has a really shitty start out in the show, but actually by by the end he turns into a he gradually becomes a much better person. Like oh, Jamie Lannister. Jamie, I don't know if uh, you did. I you have, watch Game of Thrones? I have not seen it. Okay, Jamie Lannister is a character. Episode one, uh, like a, like an eight year old boy catches Jamie Lannister fucking his sister, and he's like in the windowsill of like a like an eight story kind of you know medieval tower, <laughs> and Jamie just like pushes him off the tower and just like murders an eight year old because he caught him uh, fucking his sister, Jesus. and then like goes through a complete arc of like he's just a a noble good guy kind of by the end. Um, is Prez one hundred percent natural police? No, Prez is a fuck up. At least in this point in the story of season one. Ah, well, I, do you want me to spoil what what he becomes? Is he one hundred percent natural police? No, he, he his his redemption arc is later. He becomes a, a teacher at one of the one, at this inner city school where it's rough and really rough. And oh, that's kind of cool. Does a really pretty good job. He actually does a pretty good job of being a teacher there and has like. He's like John Lovitz in that one movie. Yeah. So no, he's not one hundred percent. So so the the wire it's co create the David Simon and I think it's Ed Ed Burns I think. Okay. Ed, Ed Burns is somebody who was a cop who became a school teacher in Baltimore. David Simon was somebody who used to be a crime reporter who basically got pissed off with all the corruption and of everything. Really? And Those are the showrunners. That's really cool. Yeah. That's fucking sick. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That makes me uh, into it even more. That's, yeah, that's sick. Yeah, that's awesome. Even, but even like, yeah, like the drug kingpins and stuff like that. The, like, the guy that McNulty, who I think is like the closest to like a hero so far we got. I, I, I know who McNulty is and I've never watched the show. Yeah. Uh, the guy he's trying to take down is kind of a charismatic dude. Right. Yeah. As portrayed by the actor. Like, he's like, I don't know, you don't, you definitely don't hate him. You yeah. know? Like, you're like, oh, this guy's kind of like a cool guy. <laughs> right, yeah. We had the classic scene in the, the one episode Brad and I you watch, watched the other night was uh, McNulty uh, struggling to put together uh, an Ikea bunk bed for his sons. And like, by the time he gets it in there, like, he's already into his Jameson and everything. And he's, like, just tossing around. <laughs> <laughs> But he actually puts it together by the end. Of the yeah, by the end he's got he's laying in the bunk bed. That's drunk awesome. as hell. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, I got to dig into it. I got to catch up. It's good. It's worth it. It's a very. I'm, we're only like five apps in. It's awesome. Fuck yeah. And like said, Omar just fucking rules. If McNulty's a hero, Omar's like the Han Solo of yeah. the series. I didn't like, know he was openly gay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time gay. I mean. The cheese does speak. I mean, if it's like, a, lot of, a lot of Omar sayings are just just regular. It's like he tries to make Shakespeare out of just like regular conversation. It sounds so good. Yeah, yeah. He... Now nah, he rules. Yeah. Fucking uh, what's that actor's name? He just passed away Michael K. too. Williams. Yes, Michael K. Williams. Yeah, 
It's funny. I know about him from Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Right. And Omar is such... I understand why people recognize him so much. That character rules. That's like the coolest character I've ever seen him play. Is a fentanyl. Oh, really? That sucks. Yeah. 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 Really bummer. Yeah. He's got a bad batch of whatever. He was taking pills, probably. Yeah. Dude, I fucking... Did I talk about the gig? Did we... Uh, I talk about rib fest and stuff last episode. I don't think I, you did. I don't think, no, it, ha- I don't think no. it happened at that point. So we played uh, rib fest, and you had a big day lined up. Actually, that was the thing. Day. I was so because you were sick, right? And I was a little paranoid about being sick that day because it's like I was supposed to work that day too, but I got out of it. Yeah, and it was a sore throat, like we were talking about too. So <laughs> it would affect your throat. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh fuck! And so we had. Uh, this, there's like this kind of barbecue sort of festival in Dawson, Ribfest. It was took place in the either the arena parking lot, right between the between the memorial at the curling rink. Yeah, 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 yeah. That big right. parking lot area. Yeah. That and then uh, we got invited to do the second show, and so the Ribfest or set would have been like five to seven ish, mm-hmm. and that second show would have been nine to ten, and so. You know, we rehearse up and we're like, okay, like each one's, we'll just do the same set at both. It'll be fine. It'll be a long day, but we'll be fine. We can do it. And so we show up at like three. It's like the, I swear, one of the hottest days of summer. It was like at least plus 30. It was a really bad day. The sun was, when you were in the direct heat of the sun, you could feel it. Yeah, it was not good. Oh, that's what I was going to say. One last cap on Burning Man. Mm. That's what makes me go to it less. It just looks like a hot fucking oh, hellhole. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Gonna be hot and that, that's that's the last thing. That's the cap I wanted to put on Burning Man. Is like, I don't, think, I don't think I could physically go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't take heat well. And like that's real heat. It's not even like Dawson heat. Yeah. That's desert <laughs> <laughs> that's dead. That's like US. people like passing out because it's too hot. They're yeah. not used to that kind of heat. And it's heat. like we're gonna light a big bonfire at the end of this. Fuck it's like, you. <laughs> I, was at a, I had a friend when I worked at Domino's. I worked with this kid who used to live in Arizona. And he said, oh, the hottest state I hear. And he said you could always tell when a kid in class moved from another state because every year someone would pass out in Fuck. class from the heat. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, that's the kid who like just moved here from like Boston or uh, something. Jesus, gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, so yeah, that day was hot as fuck. So we show up for like three for sound check. We don't actually get to sound check till four, but on the stage, small stage, dude. So we're a three piece at this point. It's just me, Daryl, and Aaron playing. And, uh, we can barely fit on the stage. Black vinyl stage, no covering at all, facing the sun. You guys are cramped together, too? Oh, dude, I couldn't, like, wide, we had enough width, but I couldn't, like, I was like, if I attempted to, like, go and, like, look over and interact with Daryl, I would have knocked my mic stand over. Uh, like, shit. I'm sandwiched between the kit and my mic stand. Just an awkward little space, yeah. <clears throat> yes, yes, big time. Um, so we go... And uh, but we're playing with piled up, and I like those guys. Those are nice guys, fun guys. That's Landon that you mentioned earlier. Landon, uh, Paul, Ben, all those guys. Paul Dabrowski, yeah, good yeah. guitar player. Trent, really good. Um. So, anyways, we go and we finish set like around. We finish sound check at like four twenty, something like that. So we we'll go back on at five to actually play. I'm starving at this point. 
and it's a barbecue festival. So I go to get some barbecue. And then by the time I'm done, we have like five minutes before we're supposed to go on. I'm like, hey, dude. Expensive is there- barbecue? Yeah, dude. I got a rack of ribs and a cornbread muffin, and it was 40 bucks. Oh, my God. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Fuck. And the barbecue culture, I was not, I was not into it. Yeah. yeah. The, there's, like, they're doing this thing where they're doing chants. Oh, no. And, like, I, don't, I couldn't remember any of the In fucking- my head, it was a competition for some reason. In I my, think there is a it competition was there, I can't really remember. In my head, it was like the chili fest in The Simpsons for some reason. There was three... No, I mean, that's how I managed it before you talked about it. Right. There was three main vendors. Three, there were only three vendors. And it'd be like, they'd be in line and they'd be like, you know, a lot of hot chicks. Right. I feel like they, they just hire a lot of hot people to work it. Mm. Didn't feel like... There was no there was no big fat pit master that you imagine who makes really good barbecue. <laughs> You know, the guys, you want making your ribs? Yeah, yeah, no, it was all like hot chicks and hot dudes with abs, and they were like, they'd be like barbecue, and then barbecue, they'd be like call and response stuff, and <laughs> I'm just like, fuck, fuck off, oh, dude, it was a lot, <laughs> and and so me and Daryl pick the shortest of all the lines, we get our food, um, and then I asked if there's water, and the guy's like, "No, there's no water." I'm like, oh, "We're going. We're going to be late. We're starting late. Our set. We had two hours, five to seven. Jesus Christ! And so I was like, and "We're no going water. to get water." <laughs> yeah, I don't like, and I'm not paying five dollars of water for it. So me and Daryl hop in his truck and go to Seven Eleven, and Aaron stays behind. Mm-hmm. And Aaron sends me a text saying, "Oh, they're pissed," and I thought. Immediately, I go to Aaron's clowning me because this is exactly the kind of thing Aaron would do. Yes. Aaron's like, Aaron, every, I never take Aaron seriously at all because he's always joking. He should be. The, and it's the kind of thing he would joke about, too. Right. He should be the drummer <laughs> in uh, Gaslight Anthem. Yeah, totally. I don't get it. Because he's constantly gaslighting <laughs> oh. everyone. That <laughs> oh. <laughs> was good. That was, very, that was a joke Aaron would appreciate. Um, yeah, he would. <laughs> um, but it was like I'm just like I think I just I, I sent some like snarky ironic remark being like oh Aaron you son of a bitch you know kind of <laughs> yeah. being the gist of what I'm saying and uh, then I get there and I'm like he's like get my text I'm like yeah yeah Aaron you son of a bitch and he's like no for real and I was like are you fucking with me right now he's like no and which is the weird thing was I had talked to the two people who were it was the sound guy. Uh-huh. And then this the one of the Rotarians, this dude, who I, I shook hands with earlier in the day and he was like I said something about just nice to meet you or something like that. He's like, Oh, I met you before, which is like Okay. Always a jerk off move on the other person's part of my opinion. Just all right. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, exactly just just be say nice to meet you too. All right. Don't make me feel bad. Yeah, that's an awkward one, because I get being like, oh, no, we know each other, too. Yeah. Because well, it's kind of awkward to also play along. before, then say, oh, we, I remember you from wherever. Yeah, right, Brayden. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We met before, I just let it, uh, and so, you know, I had to... I can see what you mean. I can picture him saying it in a jerk-off way. Yeah, and it was like, take the baby, like, oh, when? And he's like, you uh, dated... Uh, my niece and I was like, oh! In my mind, immediately, I'm like, oh, who did I date? And Melissa? Yeah, it was. It was okay. Melissa because it was like, especially back in the day, I was such a giant piece of shit to almost everyone I dated. I was right. a awful boyfriend. 
in every sense of the word. I would cheat, like do all kinds of things. Good lover, that's why they say. <laughs> and and that's what happened with Melissa. I cheated on Melissa, like, <laughs> and that you know that that didn't stay a secret. That eventually came out and stuff. But he's like Melissa. I'm like, oh great, <laughs> you know. And yeah. me and Melissa are good now. We're friends. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, very nice girl. Anyway, so I, really I guess like Tim was pissed and everything. But I was like, I don't know if it's like if I give off an intimidating aura and maybe Aaron doesn't, right. but they just, all their anger for some reason was always directed at Aaron. Really? They wow. never, I never saw a frown from any of them. Really? Yeah. But Aaron said like they were being shitty to, to him. Daryl didn't get anything either. So maybe they just like, they saw him. Maybe it's cause Aaron's part of the rotary or something. Right. They saw him as like, okay, we can use him as a conduit for our anger or yeah. what. But he's he's rel- he's relatively new to them, so they're still giving him all the shit about everything, I guess. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what? Honestly, yeah. this is fucking ridiculous. Like you're saying, basically you're saying, like you got you had to you had to play a set on one of the hottest times of the and like basically basic, like this is like it's worse with than, no worse water, than, worse than Win- Woodstock '99. Like, yeah, water, yeah. Like, water was super overpriced, and people got mad about how much. Like, it's like this is this is not even that though. They was like they didn't even have a fucking four dollar flat of water for the band. No, yeah, that's exactly. You would have been thing. completely yeah. in your mind to fucking madness. Yeah, yeah you would have been in your right to like chew them out. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking retarded like, for sure. Like honestly. Honestly, making you pay the full $40 uh, for your plate when you're already playing there as it is. Yeah. Right. Crazy. It's already fucked adding. up. Yeah, it was fucking... It was, it was so stupid. And then, so, I'm like... Because like, I'm like... All right, because I knew they were giving me Aaron shit. I'm like, oh, if one of these motherfuckers tries to... like Try the, sa- the sound guy works for Russ. All right. And I'm like, I've worked for Russ. I know what Russ is like. Russ is like, you make the musicians feel like rock stars. Right. And this is not what Russ... W- I'm oh, like, okay. fuck you, man. Yeah. You're like, just try something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want say you to something. try I'll something. i flip out on everyone here. <laughs> <laughs> I want someone to say something. I don't something. give a shit. Um, so we, go, we do our set. It's a pretty good set, considering like how hot... It was so hot, I broke a string. I'm pretty sure that was it. Like, oh, I mean, like you, yeah, there's many reasons why you could break a string. No, but it would, the heat. Like, yeah, if you touched, like, because I brought my Les Paul, I broke a string and I had to quickly change strings, and they were all looking at me like it was, you know what I mean? They were coming right. down on me for having to do that, even. Right. Well, I brought an extra guitar, so I just had to switch out guitars. But uh, even then, when I put down my Les Paul, I touched it. It was like so hot to the surface, Oof, you know? Yeah. Because we're just like facing the sun. And then, uh, um, what was I saying? Okay, so, but we we have a pretty good set. Like I, I was actually pretty happy with that. And honestly, the hang with the other musicians was good. Right, Paul and all them. That was fun. We had a good time. And uh, was Curtis's band also playing there? No, Curtis was at a wedding. Okay. Um, so pack up, and then we stick around for about half of piled up set. But then we had to pack our shit and go to the next gig. And by this time, we are. So, like, you know, like, when you're just standing in the sun, and then you get out of it, and you get in, like, a cool house, your energy's kind of drained, and you're like, oh. I'm going, I'm going to stay here for the rest of the You're, day. like, the opposite of Superman. Like, the sun drains you, and you're like, I, I could have had a nap right then and there. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, fuck. And so we had to go to the other gig, and Aaron showed me a photo of the other gig. And like I said, it, I said this before, <laughs> it looked like something. No offense to ever put on the gig, but... It just it looked like something we put together when we were teenagers. It was right. all just it was supposed to be for a woman's baseball tournament in Pooscoopy. Oh, hell yeah. And 
it was so like uh it was just no no one was it was like maybe five or six people on a campfire like 10 15 feet off to the side right of the stage and it was all just on grass oh really no stage oh they had here's here's a weird here's a classic fat guy complaint uh (laughs) <laughs> they had a all they had were straight mic stands. They mm-hmm. had the hinged ones. Oh, so every time I go to stand up and do something, my guitar because <laughs> my gut just my gut drives my guitar forward more than it normally would be. <laughs> and we're like, we're having fun here. Where does this? So we throw the set list out. We're drinking during the set, and also honestly, it felt that gig felt better in the sense that. It was nighttime by the time we went on, and we had a breeze. So it was like, mm, it actually felt really nice. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you had that freedom of like, we're just going to do, it. yeah, 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 fuck it. We're just going to do what we want. And that ended up being fun in that, in that weird sense. Like, we got there, like, oh man, this is not good. Right. And then because no one gave a shit, we ended up having a, a good time, actually. There was a. Embracing the, the fact that no one gave a shit made it all the much better. Yeah, it was just yeah. low pressure. Yeah. Uh, the guy who put it on had this drone, and he's doing drone shots of us. And Aaron said That's he kept sick. coming in and <laughs> <laughs> psyching him out, like getting the drone right by his head and cutting oh, way up. That's awesome! I love that. Aaron's <laughs> just looking the fucking drones going right for him. Uh, <laughs> there was a drone that cut the top of a kid's head off. What? Yeah, in a park in the USA. Jesus. Um. So we get back, party, and then the next day we're getting our money, and Paul's like, I'll just bring you your money. And so Paul drops off the house, really cool about it, and then he's like, yeah, That's, man, a, that's also a really nice the move. The Rotarians didn't want to, like, they wanted to, like, shortchange you. I'm like, what? Really? He's like, yeah, they didn't want to pay you because uh, you guys started 15 minutes late. Wow. And, he, and Paul, being the ubermensch he is, being the fucking awesome guy he is... Uh, defended us. Love you, Paul. Yeah, Sweet. love you, Paul. Defended us. Was like, hey, man, they were here sound checking since three. They played in the hot sun. They didn't That's take killer. any breaks, and we got our full our full bag thanks to Paul. Which that is rocks. Like, pretty awesome. You should not have had to go and leave to get your buy your own water. Right? I can't <laughs> yeah, believe, yeah. I can't believe that's saying that. That's yeah, fucking insane. And also, like, uh, uh, like I would have loved to have been there as your fake so man- <laughs> manager making a stink. It was so hot that I would like down half a water, put it down, and then do a song, and go for another drink. And after wa- a single song, the water would be fucking warm. Oh, uh, that's so gross! I hate like, that. Yeah, it wasn't good. But I got to uh, I got to wrap it up because I got to head to work unless. I fucking thanks for coming on, Aaron. Yeah. Hey man, I've been looking forward to this. this Fuck year. yeah! Fuck it's been yeah, uh, yeah. been a year since we even seen you. Yeah, it has. It's yeah, been it's been almost a year since great. we've done a podcast too. So it's, kind of, it's kind of a reunion you, of all. You've got you, you've got the merch now. You've got the t-shirts. You've got yeah, the yeah, we've got, got the t-shirts. We got, got a little uh, on air sign. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Far to put it on. All right. But since we're going off air. All right, guys. Have a good one. This has been Not Feel Good People. Take care. Peace. That was a really good one. That was fun.